sometimes football is just cruel, isn't it? But it's a brand new day, so welcome along to the Football Ramble. It's Tuesday the 23rd of February. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Vidishila Hunter-Raja. And I'm Pete Donaldson. Hello, boys. Welcome along. Nice to see you both. I don't think I've ever seen Vish so happy to see me. It's just a great day to be alive, isn't it? It's just a wonderful day to be alive. Where, where good, you know, the morning after the night, where good things happen to good people. <laughs> do we not think? I hate you. I hate that I have to do this this morning. Um, I still can't quite figure out how Brighton lost to Crystal Palace last night. Um, one nil. I mean, there was a score, wasn't it? They scored more goals. They than... scored one more. <laughs> Thank Brighton, you for pointing that out. Yeah. It yeah. was like on the WhatsApp uh, group last night, Jules A tried to get out of doing the show and B, <laughs> we were like the kids hiding in the kitchen in Jurassic Park as she was stomping around. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Trying to avoid the raptors. Normally, I get, fully in- normally I get fully involved, don't I, with anyone that kind of throws anything at me, but I almost gave it a bit of the silent treatment last night. I was that pissed off. <laughs> I was so annoyed. <laughs> You can't be annoyed on Gareth Barry's birthday, Jules. Oh, I mean, yeah, he is. Only the player Charlie Otway could have been. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, um, yeah, I, I, you've got to laugh, I think. Uh, otherwise, you'll just be angry the whole time. And there's there's too much anger going on right now, isn't there, Vish? So <laughs> I, uh, I'm Yeah, I'm I wonder where laughing. it's from. Where does it come from, all this anger? <laughs> I'm not sure. Lockdown? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's just ludicrous. You just have to laugh. I just, I don't think I've ever seen a more one-sided football match where a team has not managed to walk away with a, with a single point. This is the most <laughs> annoyed I've been since Brighton lost to Man United at the Amex earlier this season, Vish, where, again, we deserve to win that game and somehow <laughs> lost it in the last minute. Um, but this one's worse because it is Palace and it's the first match that Brighton, Pal- Brighton and Palace fans look for at the start of a season and are just desperate to to get all three points out of. So to dominate that much in a game and still come away with nothing. And do you know what winds me up more about it? Oh God, you've set me no, up No, but now. please tell me, please tell me. <laughs> no, can I just say, what winds me up the most about it, right, is that both of their goals were so bloody good. Like yeah, if their yeah. goals were tap-ins mm. and it was just, I don't know, poor play from us or just... I don't know. You you just count yourself as like, ah, uh, we we shouldn't have we shouldn't have conceded that goal. But their two goals were so good that it just <laughs> winds me up even more because like I don't know if we could have done anything about them because I mean when do you see Benteke score a volley like that? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> when do you see like a backhill goal like that? I thought the first the the defending for the first you would probably say was a little poor because Ayu was streaking up the right and and Dunk who was like the second attending defender he he kind of only kicked into gear when he realised that it was someone else's man that was going to block the cross and didn't block the cross. And then he just kind of woke up and went, oh, my God, I was too fast for for, yeah. for, uh, for the defender. Uh, and uh, Mateto, good Lord, what, what a lovely kind of flicked finish. And Wonderful. What a, what a first goal to score for your club when he's mm. just joined Palace. First goal against the biggest rivals in the league. And... <laughs> I mean, hopefully he just never scores for them again <laughs> after that. But, it, you know, both goals were, were brilliant. But as you say, Pete, it was down to 
poor defending in the, in the build up to them really that sort of gave it away but all of this XG do you know what I was like I was such a big fan of XG <laughs> I loved XG before yesterday and now I hate XG I don't want to know about XG I don't care that we'd be top half of the table with our XG and that every other decent striker in the country that sat on a bench not getting game time is looking at Brighton rubbing their hands going how many goals would I score if I played for them <laughs> I, hate, I hate XG now I just I don't want to know you, about XG because it's you've just, got a G it's just XG. a wind up isn't it <laughs> it's just a, it's a wind up. up when you when you see Gary Cahill a Lillette up the nose. Uh, just I'm too old for this shit. Defending kind of like on the floor. It's just wonderful blocking shots left, right, and centre. Oh, Jules, oh. the month started so well as well. I know it's it's the story of every. It, literally that game, the stats of that game are the story of Brighton's season. I think across <laughs> the two matches against Palace this season. We've had 45 attempts at goal. 45! And we scored two. And Palace (laughs) had four attempts at goal. Four across the two games. And they scored three! Like, they had three attempts at goal last night. And they scored two of them. And we had 25 last night. And scored one. And it was a defender that scored the goal. Do you reckon Jules are delivering that like she's on play school? Three! Three. I'd really like to clip that and put it in your demo to, <laughs> so, to be on CBBS. That sounded like a hell of an Alex Jones impression. I'm not going to lie, I quite enjoyed that. Um, Get me a job. I'll, I'll do the one show. <laughs> no, I meant the maniac who sells brain pills. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> but the um, yeah. I mean, I, I can only imagine how frustrating that must be for you, Jules Breach, to to sit through that 45 shots, as you said, to score so few, to be in the position you are. Um, I mean, I would like to do every show with you from now on, whenever this happens, because it's like, like <laughs> to be serious for a moment, it does happen. Basically, put me on every game after a bright, every day after a Brighton game, because it, it's basically going to happen again. Yeah, but, but I mean, this is a thing, isn't it? Because we've we had it a little bit with Norwich last uh, last season. I don't think we're going to get it outright with with Brighton this one, because I don't, I don't know. Part of me thinks you will stay up. I mean, like, yeah, maybe you look at the table and, and it's still everything is in your favour. But it, we're getting to that stage in the season where, like, honestly, from a, from a Brighton fan perspective, you might think, I couldn't care less how many people like our club. I just want us to win. Yeah, You'd rather yeah. be winning games like Palace did last night than, you know, play good football and have your manager talked up and everyone talk about how, um, you know, how malleable all your players are, that you can have a centre-back playing wing-back and, you know, scoring that goal yesterday. Yeah, But, you know, the eye thing was was remarkable really because he has these moments where he does things you're like oh god yeah you're like where you're quite good aren't you you know he scored the goal of the season uh last season i think um that yesterday i was waiting for him to slow down and he just didn't um and the benteke thing's quite funny because i don't know that that seems <laughs> to be funny. where benteke's at i think funny. we got used to him doing quite a few of those really cool things at aston villa and it just hasn't really worked for him at Crystal Palace, but all the way through that, he's still playing for Belgium. He's still getting called up to the national team. So even, you know, even national team coaches are looking at him thinking, yeah, I mean, there is something there. And and that's exactly that something we saw last night. Yeah, absolutely. I think that Palace fans, after last night's game, it's probably like one of their sweetest wins against Brighton, I think, because they know that they they were just... I mean, tactically, I suppose you can say that Roy Hodgson's an absolute genius and he got it spot on because there's a reason why Brighton have beaten 
Liverpool, Spurs and Leeds. Because teams that like to attack against Brighton are the teams that we tend to do better against. And then the teams like Crystal Palace, who are happy to sort of, you know, sneak a lead in and then sit behind the ball for the rest of the game. They know how to beat teams and they just know how to beat a team like Brighton. I hate using that phrase because that's what everyone takes the piss out of teams like Brighton. But it's it's one of those where they knew how to they knew how to beat us and, and they got away with it. I don't know how, but they did. But they they will be laughing their heads off about that last night because again, they didn't them. really deserve it. But then who deserves to win a game? It's the team that scores the most goals, isn't it? Hmm. And, and, and this season in the Premier League, you'd argue that there are there are the teams that actually come out and attack you are few and far between, to be quite frank. There's a lot of sitting back and it's, it's not a fun league to play in this season, I would say. Yeah, exactly. You said um, at the start, Jules, that you were like, you can't remember a more one-sided game. What about those games where, you know, like four adult footballers play like 30 kids? <laughs> that was a little bit uh, like that, especially that goal yard scramble. We haven't had a good goal yard scramble in a while, have we? Oh, yeah, yeah, there was a definitely. couple last night, wasn't there? Trossard, wasn't it? Having a couple of cracks. Everyone getting involved. Love that. Love- Guaita made a save for a ball that wasn't even going in. Like all over that. <laughs> just get, just if the, if you see the ball flying somewhere, get your face in the way. Yeah, exactly. And 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 again, it was like Gary Cahill. He was immense last night for Palace. He was so good, and he's been such a good signing for them. But. Oh, it's just frustrating, isn't it? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm totally despondent. I just I've don't... never seen you so despondent. Honestly, I just, I was so annoyed last night. I just sat there, just, I didn't speak for about an hour after the game. I was just sat there, just like, I don't, I don't know what's happened. And then I listened I to I the interviews to and <laughs> it's just so frustrating. It's so frustrating. It's, it's especially frustrating knowing what it could have meant if we'd won, not just in terms of beating Palace, who we always want to beat, but... It would have taken us above Palace in the table. And now we find ourselves somehow after going on the best unbeaten run in Graham Potter's time at Brighton, we now find ourselves in a worse position than some of the teams around us were a couple of games ago. It's it's mad and it makes the West Brom game on Saturday just so tasty. I'm, I'm gonna, and, and I think it's a three o'clock kickoff. I, I hope I'm right on that, which mm. means I'm gonna be sat in the BT Sports Score studio while that game is on and it's going to be painful to watch unless we go like 3-0 up in the first can, half. Can I ask, because, you know, um, as part of your work, you do, sometimes you, you do the um, the pitch side stuff as well as the studio stuff. If you were there last night, bear in mind how late that winner was, uh, would you have needed to take yourself to one side and like maybe like <laughs> beat the shit out of an assistant producer and then go back out there? <laughs> Just like punch a wall or something Clarkson. and then do the interview. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Before Roy it, comes up to you and like does his interview. I know it's socially distanced, which is probably, you know, for his benefit, given the mood you'd have been in. But Yeah. Yeah, you, you know what? It was um one of my friends, Alex, she was actually the reporter for the Premier League there last night. And on Friday when I saw her, I was like, Oh, what are you up to the next few days? She's like, Oh, I'm actually going to the Amex on Monday. And I was like, Oh, I'm so jealous. And she was like, Do you want to swap? We can swap a shift if you want. And I was like, Nah, I'm good, thanks. I, like, I'm so glad I did not take it upon myself to be there because, yeah, that would have been that would have been really hard. And especially when it's so late. Not only is that a difficult interview anyway because you have everything planned for a one-all draw and then yeah. you like have to quickly then... It, they come to you so quick after the final whistle. It's like within two minutes you're doing that interview sometimes depending how quick they come over. And you can't see because you're crying blood. <laughs> <laughs> but it's someone yeah. else's blood. Yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah, I um, it would have been it would have been very hard. But you got to be professional, Vish. So I'd have you know I'd have been fine. I would have you know talked it up as if it was a Brighton win. Talking to the Palace players, Benteke's <laughs> grin was too much for me though. He was smiling a bit too much in that interview. <laughs> Uh, also I tell you who enjoyed it a lot was Sky coverage they were they were laughing like hyenas in the studio just be, I think it was in disbelief <laughs> that Brighton hadn't won the game or they hadn't mm. come away with a point but Jamie and David Jones and Gus Poyer legend love him um, they they were just laughing they couldn't get over it they were like what, what's just happened <laughs> Jules is going but for what? everyone today she's going for everyone <laughs> everyone's your enemy I mean Jules is this really going to affect the buoyancy of, of that team emotionally nah. I just can't see it because it was such a fluke and such a weird weird match I mean yeah yeah, I don't also, think also so. it's a bollocks derby, isn't it? It's that oh, come over here and say that derby. You know? It's not derby. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't think they'll let. I don't think they'll let us. They'll let the team. I don't think Graham Potter will let the team get down about that. I mean, he his mm. interview after the game. He's always so calm, and sometimes you want to see him riled up. So it was quite nice to see. You know, when that Benteke winner went in. He threw his water bottle down. I was like, "Ooh, angry Graham!" Oh, Not Graham. seen angry Graham before. Um, Don't smash your potters. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, it was. Um, he did say in his interview, "Look, like we'll use this pain to encourage us further." And and it, I I do actually believe that. I think that going into the West Brom game now, they're going to be so fired up. Um, we just need to score goals. I'm so bored of it. I'm so bored of saying we need to score goals, but it's so simple but the hardest thing to do in football so it'll come i'm i'm still i'm still not I mean, it you might know, not come yeah well if it never comes yeah. stop hiding behind your microphone fish when you say that yeah anyways um let's talk a bit more about palace's side of things then because before the game roy hodgson actually warned the palace fans of the dangers of overambition and said people need to be careful after a banner urging Palace to restore the pride, ambition and vision of the club appeared outside the training ground last week. Um, he still hasn't spoken to Steve Parrish about a contract renewal, but he seems incredibly nonplussed about it. He says, I'm more than happy to carry on as we are at the moment and let the time pass. I don't have any strong feelings. What, what do you think about where Palace are at and what they should be achieving, Vish? Um, in terms of where whether uh, I think this should should probably be Hodgson's last season, like they went into it needing to refresh their squad a bit and bring in some younger blood. I think they had the there's a great article on the Athletic about them from the start of the season done by Tom Warville actually he's very good, um, but he kind of profiled their squad and kind of position through position he. Um, he outlined that they had the oldest age profile in the Premier League and that they needed to get some younger blood in. So they did that with Eze. They did that with Nathan Ferguson, who's obviously been troubled by injury. And, you know, it looks like they're trying to bring that down a little bit. And I think when you do that, you probably need, you know, I, I think Hodgson by and large has done a, a very good job. But I think even those comments like that, are, are not totally unfounded, granted, but I think it, it strikes me as someone who just needs a break from this particular team anyway. And maybe just maybe this is when he calls it a day, but I think they could leave on, on very, very amicable terms, you know, um, by the end of the season. I, I think that's probably the way the way it should go, yeah. But, you know, when you... 
I kind of think that off the back of that result, while it is a, you know a strong rivalry, you know you look at that Brighton side and you think the little slugs really aren't they? So you, you might as well just, like you can't really take too much from that. Um, you, if you're going to walk over them that regularly, then like you, know, you would not be saying matter, this really. sat in the same studio as me. I'm this, getting it all you? out before before we're back in. After Boris's comments yesterday, soon. I'm getting it all out. <laughs> Every opportunity from afar. Yeah. The most incredible thing is that. Um, Palace did that all without Wilfred Zaha and that's the one thing that Brighton fans have always got against Palace is oh you know you can never win a game without Zaha the stats have shown that previously I think it's incredible they've they've lost like 16 of 20 games without him I think it's something like that um Mm. and then yeah last night they go and beat Brighton without Wilfred Zaha (laughs) in the team so just a little bit of a nail in the coffin there um right that's enough about last night I um I am laughing about it now. Please don't worry about me. Anyone who does actually care. Um, Not like you, Vish. (laughs) Um, But we did get some amazing news yesterday. It would have been the perfect day had Brighton beat Palace, but it wasn't. But we did get some amazing news about hopefully life getting a bit back to normal, Pete, um, with the government announcement. This is just so positive, isn't it? That we could potentially see fans back into stadiums on a test run as soon as the Carabao Cup final and the FA Cup final there, two test events. And then the final day of the Premier League season, we might see up to around 10,000 fans there for those games as well. And then the Euros will hopefully, if it all goes ahead as planned, could be potentially the first time we see full stadiums again. So this is all just amazing news, isn't it, Pete? (laughs) <laughs> it is. I mean, it's going to be. <clears throat> and you say that um, you say that uh, things are going to go back to normal or, or attempt to go back to normal. I'm never going back to normal. I've been alone <laughs> for too long. It's been a year. This is what happens when I live in a cave uh, for a year. So I'm going to be stranger than ever, to be quite frank. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out in Europe. Obviously, their vaccine rollout's a little slower uh, than, than our. I'm going to say juggernaut guys, our Tory helm juggernaut. Um, <laughs> thanks, Boris. Thanks. Um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting how that, how that one pans out. And yeah, they're talking about the uh, Carabao Cup final being the uh, being allowed something like you know ten or ten or twenty thousand people in. Carabao is kind of like the, the sort of drink you think like the the, the president of Madagascar uh, prescribes his his subjects. <laughs> Remember that guy in Madagascar who uh, who uh, prescribed some weird health drink for coronavirus. Um, <laughs> and I reckon Carabao might have some healing properties. So maybe there's something in it. Maybe you just take a glug of Carabao before you. Uh, before you head in and uh, and you're all right. But yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping there's not going to be any horse punching uh, on the final day of the season, <laughs> Fulham, Fulham versus Newcastle, because horses can get coronavirus. To be fair, um, for Newcastle, for, for Newcastle at Fulham, um, a lot of those horses are brought by the people attending the game. So, <laughs> you know, if, if they're going to be part of the fan base, you know, they're going to get punched in the face. <laughs> I mean, how this, how this goes. It's interesting you mentioned the car about the Madagascar guy, because my... Um, my family has a history of prescribing fizzy Lucozade to anyone who's ill because you get like in Sri Lanka, you get the proper like, you know, it's like Mexican Coke. It's, you know, there's a lot of stuff in it that you wouldn't get over here. Um, and well, it they, is, they say it, Sri Lanka is the wiring. Madagascar of uh, India. Don't they? Similar they, they sort they of do, location, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there might be something in that. Fizzy yeah. Lucozade is like the best hangover cure though, isn't it? It's so nice. Flat Coke oh, is I really good. Flat Coke. I've heard that before. That's also meant to be good for a bad tummy, but I don't mm. get why. Because it's, it's, it's the sugar pets you up. Acids. 
Yeah. Well, the sugar peps you up and, and the acid just kills every bug in your stomach and everything yeah. else as well. Yeah, don't, I heard that you can use like Coca-Cola to clean the toilet. Not that I've ever yeah. tried, but... Can't you dissolve a tooth? Did you do that with like the old tooth on you? Yeah, I think you can put it in a... Put it in a, uh, and I'd like to welcome our sponsors, Coca-Cola. Um, yeah, I'm fairly certain you can put, put it in a fizzy drink and it just dissolves. I may have got that wrong. That might be an old wives' tale. It's also no, no, no um... it happens. It happens because it's mm. it's in those YouTube videos where they show you how bad Coke is for you. It's not, <laughs> yeah, it's not a thing. Well, Coca-Cola said, well, you know, you could you could stick your teeth in it and lose them all entirely. <laughs> you can also get blood out of a carpet with Coca-Cola, I've heard. Pete, you might. I don't uh, even want to know why you know that. Get a brick. Get a cuff of the brick, Jules. <laughs> You've already said too much. <laughs> um, Vish, though, great news, isn't it, about the fans coming back? And and just, I think, in general, in terms of lifting a mood, um, yesterday's news just kind of, it's light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully, fingers crossed, this all does go to plan, but it's just a big boost for everyone, not just sports fans. Yeah, and, and I, feel, I feel like it's... You know, the government having learned lessons, touch wood, from how they've tried to, you know, get people back out there over the last year or so, this feels a bit more considered and, and therefore something we can actually cling on to. This isn't like Christmas where it's going to be taken off the table again, touch wood, um, with a week, week to go. But I'm, I've had, I've got one date in my mind and that's 11th of July, 2021, Euros final, England. Yeah. Whoever else is whoever else is foolish enough to come up against us. I just imagine it. In, Pints imagine getting it. thrown in the air, yeah. raining down the on us. Scenes. In the fountain at Trafalgar Square, dressed as <laughs> dressed as an actual COVID molecule. Ah, oh, I'm gonna be all over that. In a box park having a cry. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> Well, uh, hopefully it all happens. We've got it all to look forward to. And what a summer it will be if it does happen for England. I'm sure Marcus is going to be banging on about that the next time he's on for sure. Um, (laughs) Right, we'll take a break now. After this, we'll get to some of your emails and some more rambling. Game three is Wolves v Leicester. We've chosen Peter to pick the goal scorer for that. Here's what he had to say. The old Wolves versus the Foxes. I don't think there's going to be any goals in this match, so I'm going for a no-zero nada draw. Oh, what an amazing surprise. The most pessimistic man I've ever met in my entire life. If, if, I, if, I, if I've met probably... How many people do you reckon you meet in your life? I'll, maybe I'll say I've met 5,000 people in my life. I cannot think of one more pessimistic than Pete. I cannot think of one. And I'm talking about like elderly relatives on their deathbed and stuff. Right? He is still more pessimistic than them. So he's gone for no goal scorer, of course. Well, Luke, hammering you there, Pete. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. Mm. But you were right. It was nil-nil between Leicester was. and Wolves, wasn't it? Yeah, Pete Stradamus getting involved. <laughs> Love it. Hey, Love that. All right, so let's get to your emails. Just email the show at footballramble.com Right now, show got an email from Mattia 
Pinterich, or Pinterich uh, who has taken issue with my comments about ice hockey players. I am a professional ice hockey player, and I find the fact that you said that we were insane a bit offensive. And if you don't take it all back, uh, I'll drop my gloves, beat you up, and cut you with my skates. Ooh. We are absolutely not insane. Thank you, Mattia, for that. Uh, <laughs> I hope they're over the pond. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't want to make an enemy out of an ice hockey player. No, you really don't, no. They definitely must be over the pond. I don't think anyone plays ice hockey in England, do they? <laughs> Loads of people play ice hockey in England, yeah. Do they? Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. What? Where? You probably don't notice. It's, it's on TV all the time. You probably don't notice because you're getting the bloodstains out of your carpet. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it happens, yeah. They're, and they're big bars as well. None of them, you know, quite a few of them have fake teeth as well, because presumably because of all the Coca-Cola they drink. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. What you got for us, Vish? I've got an email from Steve Neat. Um, how about a show where Duncan Ferguson and Carlo Angelotti do the coast-to-coast walk together, except things are engineered to go wrong? Good Lord. Mm. Big Dunk's hiking boots fall apart on the first climb. Turns out they don't have a room reserved for that evening in the Cleato Moor, etc. So this is off the back of us talking on Monday show about which two people, which two football related people would you like to see on their own kind of the trip style show going around the world or mm. or just staying indoors in a single room, just staring at each other lovingly, yeah. <laughs> Duncan Ferguson's such a character though, isn't he? I love watching him. Every time Everton play, he's so entertaining because you've got like Carlo Ancelotti, who is just this sort of like very professional, stern figure. And then in the background, you've got Duncan Ferguson just like losing himself in in the background, just like loving life. It's just, it's great to watch, isn't it? Um, All right, final email today comes from Harold Bjornsson, who says, uh, oh, this is, do you know what? This is so interesting. He said, Dean Smith wanted to investigate how information about Jack Grealish's injury got leaked from the dressing room before their match against Leicester. Connor Harahan, Matt Target and Neil Taylor all sold Jack Grealish from their FPL teams before this weekend. There was also one first team analyst and a physio from Aston Villa that sold Grealish and it was all posted on Reddit on Friday. And uh, (laughs) Harold says here, Jules can confirm no rational FPL player is selling Jack Grealish when he's got a double game week coming up. I can confirm that you would not be selling Jack Grealish before a double game week (laughs) unless you knew something. Um, Sky have followed up on this report and they've they've been trying to investigate this and they say that fantasy teams belonging to a Premier League head of performance analysis, a club doctor, a kit man and even one club's sous chef have been highlighted in recent days by these FPL bot accounts. Now, if you're a bit lost and you're not following what's happened here, basically... A lot of people play FPL. A lot of people that are connected to football clubs play Fantasy Premier League. And when the deadline comes, you obviously can't make any more changes before the weekend. And a load of um, FPL bot accounts can track what changes are made to teams for people that are closely related to football clubs. So you might have players that are in mini leagues and you can track the mini leagues and you can see if they're taking players out of their teams. And that's what happened ahead of this weekend's match between Leicester and Aston Villa. A load of people took Jack Grealish out of their fantasy team. So it was pretty obvious that Jack Grealish then wasn't going to play the game against Leicester on Sunday. Now, there are obviously two ways you can look at this. It's obviously a serious breach if team news is leaked. And this is something that the Premier League are obviously going to want to crack down on. So I believe from what I've heard recently is that Aston Villa have asked their players not to play FPL anymore. I don't know whether that's actually going to be the case, but that's what I've heard at this point. Um, 
But it is crazy, isn't it? How serious this has become, Vish. Could I get one of these FPL bots to do my team? <laughs> You're struggling, <laughs> aren't help, you? Don't we, Vish? Yeah, yeah. I, I stopped paying attention, kind of when you know when it was all just a mess in December into January. I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to keep on on top of this. Um, so yeah, no, I'm I'm, a, I'm marooned in mid table, I think. But- That's when the real players take over because they actually pay attention, and then everyone else <laughs> just falls off the wayside. Yeah, Christmas is usually a busy time for people with loved ones, but you go with your FPL, that's all good. Um, <laughs> but the um, the interesting thing about this is, like, like you'll be able to tell me, but surely you, they could still play with a fake name. Is that a possibility then? Mm. Is that just the way it will go in the future? Yeah, yeah, of course. You can, you can set up your account with whatever email address and whatever name you want, but people find out about it. I don't know how, but people somehow find out that the, the mini league called this has loads of football players in it and and people end up sussing out who they are. I don't know how. It's probably just mates of mates, isn't it? They tell mm. their mates, oh, this is so-and-so's team, this is so-and-so's team and it just sort of gets so leaked political, that way. isn't it? What if you put, like, what if you take your your best friend out of the team because he's not playing very well? It's fraught with oh, yeah. games of Game of Thronesian kind of backstairs intrigue and kind of oh man, I'd never realised it was so deep this this ecosystem, Jules. I can see yeah. why you're into it. The thing that's like a real shame is that I think recently, like particularly this season, we've seen the likes of Patrick Bamford who have been so entertaining in their post match interviews, and you know, it's really sort of down to earth and very. Um, it allows the players to connect with the fans when you hear him mm. saying things like, oh, you know, I'm so annoyed I didn't score that goal because I captained myself in my fantasy team this year. Like, we love hearing those refreshing interviews. And it, obviously, I'm not saying that that's not going to happen just because of players not playing FPL. But it's been really nice and refreshing to hear those kind of things. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this ends up developing. Yeah, because I suppose you'll get to a certain like it's not a direct. It would not. It will not be a direct impact of this, but it's just another way of making those kind of players a little bit wary about what they do and how they put themselves across. Yeah, I was also just so. thinking there, like, <laughs> who would be the lowest ego footballer in the Premier League to think, no, I can't, I can't justify putting myself in the team. <laughs> Milner. <laughs> 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 yeah, because you're only allowed, allowed a certain number of players from from one team, aren't you? Yeah, three per yeah. team. <laughs> Imagine Milner. Sorry, Sadio, I can't. I can't be doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm captain as well. So. <laughs> well, keep your emails Wonderful. coming into us. We love hearing from you guys. Show at footballramble.com or if you're on Twitter, you know where to find us. It's at football ramble all right let's have a quick little dip into the efl because there's all sorts of shenanigans going on uh joey barton has been appointed as the bristol rovers manager it was confirmed about half an hour after yesterday's ramble um nigel pearson was confirmed for bristol city last night oi oi this is heating up isn't it (laughs) <laughs> it's a whole change, isn't it? I love it. What, what, I love the idea that they're on both sides of uh, of the city. Very exciting, <laughs> has to be said. Absolutely. Barton has already talked about getting the fans on side at Rovers, or as he put it, mobilise this army. I mean, I just I want to know what an army led by Joey Barton would look like and what they'd do, Bish. Um... Do you know that? Do you remember those dads who dressed as superheroes? <laughs> Fathers for Justice. Yeah, it's that, but everyone yeah. in Smith's t-shirts. Yeah, that... or yeah, or, or like slight. I'm thinking slightly younger than the Fathers of Justice, but they're just obsessed with like cockfighting and pushing Roman candles through your letterbox. It's like <laughs> that, that 
just slightly <laughs> kind of less less moneyed kind of um they haven't got quite to quite to the point where they're actually fathers yeah <laughs> yeah they're, they're, yeah they're still on their bmx bikes with like a bit of like <laughs> a bit of like um house piping that they shoot fireworks out of yes <laughs> yes do you ever used to do that pete uh, no, I used to get um, a bamboo stick, shove it into um, like apples that used to fall out my mate's tree, and flick it into the old people's home windows. <laughs> I, um, I mean, a lot of them would have been veterans. I don't know what they would have thought was going on. <laughs> Just diving for cover. To be fair, that's quite nice actually, because if they've already fallen on the floor, they're probably you know getting old and they'll be mushier and they'd be easier to eat for old people. Oh, I thought you meant the old people. <laughs> getting old, didn't they? Getting muchier. <laughs> oh my god! Well, from old to ridiculously young, um, in League One, Sunderland have got a new chairman, Kirill Louis Dreyfus. He is the youngest ever chairman in the football league. He's twenty-three years old. What experience does he have? You ask me. Well, he says that he's um, a big fan of Football Manager, so that's a good start. Uh, but also, <laughs> apparently, he does have some experience through his family ties with Marseille, but I'm not sure that's necessarily the club you want to be sort of linking to in terms of ties right now. But fair play to him. 23 years old and he's a chairman of a football club. It's the absolute dream, Pete, isn't it? Oh, he, he, he looks like the sort of man you see in like a hotel nightclub in Zurich where, where you sort of look at him and go, is he the son of the kings, one of the kings of Leon? Because he kind of looks a bit like one of the Follow Hills. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, I, I presume because yeah, he's the son or grandson of that rich bloke from Switzerland who is distantly related to um, uh, the woman from Seinfeld, Julia Louis Dreyfus, uh, yeah. Louis Dreyfus, which is good because Sunderland is indeed the show about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what is he doing? Why is he putting himself in this position at twenty three? I made some of my best mistakes at twenty three. Yeah, exactly. Why is he what putting himself at twenty three, Vish? Just, just making errors. You know, like just embracing my errors, doing not necessarily bad things, but mistakes. You know. That's you can't be doing that at a football club. Actually, to be fair, I've, I've seen Sunderland till I die. You can you can absolutely do that at that football club. <laughs> EDM intensifies. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, if you're rich in 23, you don't need any of that noise in your life, do you? You should, you should be going out and and just I don't know, start a war in a small country somewhere. You don't need to be chairman of Sunderland. Pete, what was the biggest mistake you made at 23? Um, becoming 24, I think. Oh, we're done <laughs> from that. <laughs> well, best of luck to him. Let's see how he gets yeah. on. I think this, the Sunderland fans have actually welcomed the news because obviously it's been a really difficult few years for them. So let's see how it all goes. Fingers crossed they can um, get themselves up the tables and back into the Premier League sometime soon. Mm. Um, right, let's talk Ibrahimovic. And uh, it's it's always a good show when you mention Mihailovic, isn't it? because he's a right character. Apparently, he has claimed that him and Zlatan are going to do a duet at a famous music festival in San Remo next month. Like, how has this come up? He said, Mihailovic <laughs> says, the two things I do least well are singing and dancing. Ibra is also a terrible singer, so at least we'll make people laugh. This is incredible, Pete. I, who booked this? I mean, the I artists have been... Away for a year, they've released albums. They need a two of those albums because that's the only way you can make money as a musical artist. And someone's de- decided to book Mihailovic and Zlatan Ibrahimovic for a bit of a giggle to hang out on the Italian Riviera on a boat. 
How does wow. this even come up as an option? Like, <laughs> it's not. It, yeah, it's, you don't go right. Do I want Snow Patrol or Mumford? <laughs> no, let's go for those two. Yeah. Let's go for a man who wears a hat well and Ebra. <laughs> <laughs> it's so random. Pete, does this like does this shit happen often in? I feel like it's something that used to happen in like the early 2000s where it'd be a bit more gimmicky. Whereas now I'm yeah. trying to pick music outgrew that to an extent. Well, I remember seeing, remember, um, oh, uh, not Kurt Russell, who am I thinking of? Who played John Wick? It was that man. Oh my God, how, the Matrix boy. Yeah, Kiefer Reeves. Kiefer Reeves. Old Kiefer Reeves. I remember when his band Dogstar played uh, Reading, I want to say. And yeah, they got really short shrift on that particular gig. But the, you did get like stunt bookings like that, didn't you? Daphne and Celeste at Reading. Daphne and Celeste, um, you know, yes. So, so you, did, you did see that thing every now and again. But yeah, um, weird. But a in terms of like, like football musicians, though, like you'd understand like a Gareth Ainsworth sort of appointment because he's actually in a mm. band. But yeah. Mihailovic and Ibra, I don't feel like they have any musical sort of passion. No. <laughs> but but if it's like if we if we take the Daphne and Celeste example and and apply it to them, when people throw bottles of piss at them, they can just volley it straight back. Mahalo's has got a hell of an effort. <laughs> very Could true. Happen. Very yeah. very very true. Um, shall we go to South America now? Why not? Let's uh, hop around the globe. Um, an international fan paid nearly two hundred thousand dollars so that one of their on-loan Flamengo players could actually play against their parent club in a huge top-of-the-table clash, but it didn't go very well. After spending all that money, Rodney, I think is how you say it, um, who's a right-back, got sent off after 49 minutes after stamping on one of the players, and they ended up losing the game 2-1. I mean, that's a that's a waste of money if I've ever seen it. <laughs> 49 minutes he got out of him I mean, at least he got minutes. to the second half would you, would you ask for half the money back is it through the threshold of you not getting your money back $200,000 wow that's what a 23 year old should be spending his money on yes exactly <laughs> yes. that's so true that's yeah. where you should be spending your money I mean maybe it's the same guy it's not could be it's could not. be. It's, it's, you know, I, I started watching a load of videos on on YouTube over lockdown, and it's basically only two people who control the world. So, you know, he's probably just <laughs> the wrong below them messing about yeah. with football. Um, and of course, Atletico and Chelsea legend Diego Costa is still without a club after another Brazilian top flight club, Palmeiras, firmly denied being in negotiations with him last week. We'll take him at Brighton. He can score all of those <laughs> chances. All of that XG, well, it'll be in the back of the net with Diego. Come on, come to Brighton, Diego. It's, it's, yeah, but XG stands, in his case, for expected grumps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. I'd take a grumpy Diego Costa if it means we can actually score some goals. Who would be um, harder to manage, though, Diego Costa or you, Jules? Probably me. Yeah. 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 Who's more likely to have a bloodstained carpet? It's Jules. <laughs> no, it's I Jules reckon again. Diego Costa. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's not a competition, Jules. You don't have to... You don't have got nothing to prove it. Uh... <laughs> um, all right, let's get to tonight's football. Uh, there's another Premier League game tonight. Leeds against Southampton. Um, also, mm. the Champions League is back. We've got the other... Um, round of 16 first leg ties. Chelsea are taking on Atletico off the back of that Diego Costa chat we've just had. Um, this should be a great game. I think this is probably the pick of the bunch in the Champions League this week. I'm looking forward to seeing 
whether Man City can also translate their incredible domestic form into the Champions League, which they seem to really struggle to do every season. But this almost feels like it's got to be their year. But in terms of tonight, Atletico against Chelsea should be a brilliant game, um, especially with Timo Werner finally ending his goal drought recently. Uh, But he has been finding it tough to adjust at Chelsea. Uh, This is a quote that he came out with. He said, the players are 1.9 metres tall, brutally physically and really fast, including the defenders. Do you think he's um, been a little bit shell-shocked, Fish, at coming into the Premier League? I just love the precision of 1.9 metres tall. Specific. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's, he's worried about how tall, brutal physically and really fast the players are and he's playing Atletico tonight. Yeah. Like, Thanks for that, mate. Yeah, brilliant. I know, right? Don't say that before the match. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, Nightmare on Elm Street where it's just, okay, what do you fear most? Right, here's an entire team of them. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea are coming into the game though in, in a decent shape, aren't they? They've been they've been looking pretty good under Thomas Tuchel um, and they face the Diego Simeone side who Simeone is just the man of dark arts and he came they're coming into this game Atletico off the back of a defeat in La Liga this weekend and this is the quote that he used after the match he said those who are strong in times of difficulty will have a better chance of reaching the goal they have in mind where's he got that from Where's he, where's he Googled that and picked that up from, Pete? <laughs> Lord of the Rings. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I can't imagine, I can't imagine like Simeone having the, um, even though he's an intelligent man, I just can't imagine him having the um, attention span to to sit down and, and, and read a nice long book and, and, and pull those quotes out. But yeah, I, I don't know where he would have got that. Maybe some kind of like one of those um, millionaire, billionaire kind of inspirational uh, male Instagram uh, yes. accounts. <laughs> yeah. I think it's somewhere there. <laughs> Yeah, one of the, yeah, from those, um, you know, those videos that come as adverts on YouTube just before and you mm. skip them because it's a guy talking about his car with a load of I books. Hate those adverts. It, yeah. Yes. I, I love that guy in his garage. Yeah. What a bell end. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to like, the brakes to fail and he just smashes into his books and just like torches the place, but he's fine, you know. I don't want him dead, just like hurt a little bit. Do you um do you fancy Chelsea to get something out of this Atletico game? Um, you know, Timo Werner's come in, he's he's trying to fill the boots of Eden Hazard since his departure. Um, and a former Chelsea Atletico defender, Felipe Luis, revealed a lot about Hazard in an interview just yesterday. This is incredible what he said about Hazard. He said he didn't train well. Five minutes before the game, he'd be playing Mario Kart in the dressing room. <laughs> I love a bit of Mario Kart, but I'm not sure that's preparation for a football match. If that is true, yeah. But who wouldn't want to live? Who wouldn't want to um, sit on that lovely caboose he's got? Oh, I'd, I would be maximising the amount of time I'm sat on that bum. <laughs> Best bum in football, Pete. Best bum in certainly biggest. Love it. Love I think it. it might be. Yeah. If if that's if that's kind of the vibe you're into, then I mean, you mm. you won't find many better. <laughs> also, he wouldn't he, like he would he would always sit slightly higher he might be taller sitting down he's only about 5 eight, isn't he 1.2 meters <laughs> you should get uh, Eden Hazard booster seats that you can sit on it's just the shape of a bum that you can sit on to make yourself a bit taller I need one of those for the car to be fair I barely see over the steering I'd wheel I'd stuff it down my trousers to be fair I'd want, I'd want people to assume that was my default yeah Forget Kim K, it's the Eden Hazard booty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, love it. Right, well, that's all from us. You've got all that football to look forward to tonight. And Kate, Andy and Jim are going to be back with you guys tomorrow to chat through it all. Um, That's all from us for today. After you've listened to this, why not go and give us a review over on Apple Podcasts? It's a really handy way to help new listeners come and find the Football Ramble. And we'd love more of you to listen and join the Ramble family. So give us a review. That would be really lovely of you. And uh, we'd really appreciate it. Pete, Vish, lovely to see you both. Say bye-bye. Ta-ta. I actually have I actually have a little surprise for you because I know you've it's been a kind of rough twenty four hours and after, <laughs> after after what Pete you know Pete did for us with um, Sean Paul I thought it's only right that I kind of helped out and trying to lift your mood early in the week so. So that's from uh, all of us. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> Thanks for ending the show. On that note. You are so lovely to me, Vish, and be prepared to be back in the studio with me very soon where you're going to have to just be super nice. Uh, I've got plans, sorry. <laughs> Tampons up Vish's nose. Tampons up Vish's nose. Break his nose. Love it. Thanks, guys, for listening. See you soon for more Football Ramble fun. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.